In this episode of Man Versus Marriage, we have a special guest for the first time ever, Mr. Woo, Dan woo, Purcell. Woo. That's right. <laughs> the podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife Jeannie. Hello. Producer Ashley. And as promised today, we have a special guest. And you are gonna love what this guy does. I gotta tell you, it is Dan Purcell with did I say that right? Yes. Purcell. Okay. Yep. You got it right. Get your marriage on. You know, my last name is Moran, and you, a lot of people mispronounce it as Moron, and I think to myself, <laughs> who's going to name their kid Moron? But, uh, Dan, it's great to have you here, and uh, I appreciate you joining us via Zoom. And this, uh, like I told you, is our maiden voyage on having a guest on the show. Um, and I did offer you the opportunities if I screw something up. Let me know, and we'll make it right. What an honor. Thank you very much. Um, so if we just jump right into it for our audience, um, tell us about you. Tell us about you and, uh, and about your story. Great. Uh, about me. I, uh, my wife and I have been married for almost 18 years. We have six children, so not not quite as cool as you but uh we Still, definitely yes. have a busy family yes and um a marriage has always kind of been important to us even from day one but uh it really took off about four years ago when we realized there's some big gaps in our marriages like in our knowledge uh, and understanding and we decided to do a deep dive. I guess some people go the coaching route. We kind of went the self-help, self-coaching route. Okay. We totally nerded out on everything we could get our hands on. And we started to see huge changes and improvements in our marriage. Not that it was bad before, but it went from good to like, holy smokes, great in a short amount of time. And uh, we just want to share this message with others. And uh, just one thing led to another. And here we are. Uh, doing podcasts and sharing with others how amazing marriage and intimacy in marriage can be. Absolutely. And that's, that's like a man versus marriage philosophy is, you know, if you have a good marriage, how can you get it to the next level? You know, and uh, that, that's something that we, that we kind of preach often is no matter what level your marriage is, if you want to, you can make it better. If you're at our marriage is crap. Well, let's just look at getting it to the next step. Let's not stay hyper-focused on, you know, I want it to be the best marriage on the planet. So, you know, I, first, what I want to, what I want to do is I want to honor you and your wife because yes. it takes a ton of courage to make a difference to, like you say, nerd out, to get into the weeds on the details of what do we actually have here, but what do we want? And can it be better? So uh -huh. I honor you guys for that. And I'm glad that you, uh, that you made it a mission to improve your marriage. And we're going to get in today 
to the details about how you did that, why you did that, and what that looks like. Because we're really big, uh, you know, talking to our audience about what to do, but what does that actually look like? So I'm very excited for you to share that with us today, if you would. And congrats on the six kids, dude. Thanks. <laughs> Let me go back to that and say, my man, way to get it done. Uh -huh. oh, man. Um, <laughs> tell us... Uh, Tell us a little bit about, or tell us everything about your show. What is, what is, uh, get your marriage on? What do you do there? Well, I think it backs up the, the point you made earlier. I believe our marriages every day are either improving, like we're moving, progressing forward or backwards. There's no neutral. So if you think, oh, we're, we're done where you've arrived, we're there and you don't yeah. do anything more, you're, you're sliding backwards. It's always you're either growing or, or shrinking in that. So I believe it requires a daily intention to yes. keep and build something, even if it's just a little bit every day. It's, it's that little bit of daily effort and work. And I don't want to make it sound like drudgery because it's not at all. It's fun and wonderful. It's a joy, right? It's a yeah. joy, but uh, it's, it, it, it's not this. If, it's, uh, if you just leave it to alone, then Entropy will take over, chaos will take over, but so it's something you need to preserve and protect and build on every day. So uh, get your marriage on, we, we really want to focus heavy on improving intimacy in marriages. And yeah. part of it's because that was part of our journey is uh, we got a lot of the basics down great, like going on dates and uh, making time to talk with one another and sharing household responsibilities and just getting on page with so many things. But when it came to sex and intimacy, that was one area of our marriage. We just were like, uh, we don't want to go there. We had a lot of anxiety. We, part of it's uh, just not having a lot of exposure to a lot of ideas about what it's supposed to look like or what it could look like. Kind of having, um, uh, we both have a, a wonderful parents. We come from great families, but sex wasn't ever talked about a lot in a very positive, upbeat, like, and how to really enjoy it context. So yeah. all of a sudden we're, you know, we're more mature in our relationship than ever at this point of our marriage. Our oldest is now old enough to babysit our kids, the younger ones. So we can like get out on a little date night once in a while. It's like a huge like <laughs> change in life. In my career, things kind of really calmed down and got stable. And uh, so we have a little bit more uh, disposable income than we've had in any other point in our relationship. So like all of the, it's like a perfect storm in it, like a good storm, all the stars aligned. And we're like, you know what? Let's revisit the whole sex thing because we, this is some area of our marriage. We've always been so scared to talk to each other. And that's the thing. It's really scary. If you're not, if you don't do it a lot, like to talk about your sex life to the person you sleep with every night, it's kind of funny, but it's so true is really scary. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, I think our sexuality is really, is, in a way, it's kind of a weird part of us, weird part of being human. <laughs> You're like sharing yeah. your weirdness with someone or they're sharing their weirdness with you. So there's a, it's easy. No wonder why you want to kind of guard it, right? Because you're yeah. like, what, what would they think? And then another part of that too is um, just the worry of uh, uh, kind of like rejection or like, they're not going to be, they're not going to like this or whatever, or you don't want to make them feel bad. And uh, then you're not going to get any sex. Like, so there's a lot of people like, it feels like a risky conversation. 
but uh, we've learned when you can put that conversation more in terms of, of me and what I want and what I think is good for both of us, it kind of helps us both kind of calm down and have a better conversation about, about things that are sexual. So it kind of was a, it's been a big, great journey for us. And we're still on this journey. We still got a lot to learn, but uh, we just wanted, so we nerded out on a lot of uh, sex and intimacy books and marriage books and podcasts and blogs. And we started seeing uh, like great changes in our marriage, like um, all those giddy and Twitter pated feelings we used to have, like before, you know, we're married all came back in full force, even stronger at that time, because we're all of a sudden we're prioritizing each other more than we have before. And we're yes. getting a lot of enjoyment and pleasure just out of being together. And that was yeah. something that is so easy to let go by the wayside when you're busy with kids and work and other stresses in life. So a lot of it was this effort we put to kind of reprioritize pleasure for each other, uh, kind of back. And uh, that was, that was a big thing. Another thing is, it's also something we both chose. It wasn't like, like I learned so much how important choice is in the role of passion in a marriage. Mm -hmm. And when you can finally kind of let go and let your spouse just choose freely and they let you choose freely there, then you have room for desire and passion in the relationship. Oftentimes in our marriages, we don't like to give our spouse the choice of saying no, <laughs> or we yeah. don't like to give our spouse the choice of like, uh, saying yes <laughs> or whatever it might be. Right. That's we, right. or, but at the same time, we want to be chosen, but reality is you can't choose unless you give someone the, the freedom to also say, no, you can't say yes. If you can't also say no in that situation. So part of it was being mature enough to back off and stop trying to control or manipulate and like, kind of like pout when you don't get what you want or like withdraw when you feel pressured and just kind of more like, no, we're in this together. I'm okay. We're okay. We'll work through this. And all of a sudden it kind of gives, it kind of calms things down. So you kind of both have more freedom to choose. And when there's full choice, then there's a lot more passion in that relationship. Absolutely. And, and I'll have Jeannie jump in here just for, you know, in a minute, I just want to, there, that was a, that was a lot. And it was a lot of, of, great experience that you've been through and a few things that kind of stuck out to me and it's interesting i don't know where you are we're on the west coast i would assume by your phone number you know you're in the you're in like the midwest um we've never met each other but somehow we've both had some of the same things go on in our relationship uh-huh yeah which yeah. is very it's interesting to me um and you know just the idea that sex is so taboo and difficult to talk about. Um, it's weird because Jeannie and I were married. What was it, honey? Uh, it had been, uh, let's see, 18, 19 years. And then we finally on a, like on a ride up to, to big bear. So let's say it was 19 years on a ride up to big bear. Somehow just, went into a conversation and started talking about sex you were talking about something i was reading okay so so it was something she was reading and the floodgates open and it's like oh well i didn't think you would like this or i thought this would be 
um, this would be off limits because, and I mean, I was born in Alabama. I come from the Church of God, which is a super hardcore religious background, you know, um, down to the point of what guys can wear, what girls can wear, and it, you know, just very intense. And if you go to the Church of God, (laughs) if you go to the Church of God, I have nothing disparaging to say or whatever. I'm just saying that she made some assumptions about me because of my religious upbringing. Um, And then I made some assumptions about her because I wasn't necessarily comfortable in my own skin. Uh And so you're talking about sexually. Yeah, yeah, Uh absolutely. Um, And so there was a lot of taboo going on there. And I don't know what your taboo was about, but it sounds like you guys maybe didn't talk about it as much. Maybe it was life that got in the way. I don't know. But, you know, it's just interesting all that to say. It's very interesting that, uh, you know, there's couples all over that are having some of the same struggles um, that we did. And it's going on out there. So your mission, what you do is just extremely, extremely valuable within the marriage community. So props. Thanks. Part of it was just good old, proper, good sex education. For instance, no one taught me that the clitoris is the sexual center uh, for a female. Like, yeah, I've heard it. I've read it. You know, I've heard it in passing, but like in our experience, I, I, that, that wasn't like what we, that wasn't our experience. That's not how we, how we had sex. Mm-hmm. And then gotcha. I was always frustrated because like, it always felt great to me. And I always wondered how come she can't have the same experiences like I am. Cause I'm so concentrating on, on other parts of her body that aren't her sexual center. Gotcha. <laughs> and it was until gotcha. like huge revelation, like, Oh, that's not her sexual center. Her sexual center is actually a clitoris and actually how to stimulate a clitoris is was really helpful once i kind of got some detailed like step-by-step how-tos yeah and then we practice it and like holy cow this is amazing <laughs> and of course like i that sounds so funny to say but i think there's a lot of couples that need for help with like step-by-step how to like do some stuff once in a while it's yeah. really helpful because uh you're not but let's take a step back from that giving yourself permission. Like no one needs to give you permission. You're married now. This is for you to explore and enjoy together. And uh, like, like dive in, figure it out and really enjoy the process. Like we, we kind of finally gave ourselves permission to really like figure out and enjoy this wonderful part of us. Another thing that I learned that I wish I had learned earlier was about this concept of responsive and spontaneous desire. Because I, I tend to, what, what that means is like, uh, I, I tend to desire sex pretty easily. Um, little sexual cues really get me turned on. For instance, seeing my wife come out of the shower, that is a cue I can, right? Right <laughs> Boom, away, baby. like, I think that's a great, like all of a sudden I think sex is a great idea right now. Whatever I'm doing, like, <laughs> that's, right. that's a great idea right now. <laughs> so I used to get frustrated because when I step out of the shower, my wife doesn't <laughs> turn on the same way. Like, come on, how come you're not feeling the way I do? And like, and then in my naive self, like something's wrong with you thinking that I'm the normal case. Right. And she's gotcha. abnormal, but 
it probably in her mind, it's the opposite. Like something's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> he always thinks this is right. Anyway, uh, just understanding that no, no one's broken. Not, nothing's wrong. And this is just people take sexual cues in very differently. And I think God has a sense of humor because you tend to marry someone that has opposite cues than you sometimes in, in various areas. That's true. Or you heard like the love languages, like you rank them, your top is like they're, you know, towards their bottom and their top is like towards your bottom. I just think that's funny. Like it is. Anyway, um, once I kind of wrap my mind around, oh, my wife just doesn't walk around like thinking about sex the whole time. She doesn't like, uh, like, whatever she might be doing at the time, helping a child with homework, or she might be, you know, working on her hobby or whatever she might be doing, just all of a sudden think like, yeah, you know, orgasm would feel really good right now. Like she doesn't think those things because she, uh, she's more what they call responsive, which is the far majority of women compared to men when they do studies and surveys where this is where something else has to be happening already. There has to be some level of arousal first before you start to begin to feel desire. So desire follows arousal rather than what it feels like the other way around where desire comes first and then arousal, like in my case. So once that kind of got in my head, I'm like, oh, it kind of like calmed everything down. And I'm no longer like frustrated that she doesn't like, you know, at a drop of a hat wants sex like I do. It's more like, oh, this is now a game now. What can I do to like woo her? What can I do to like, uh, seduce her? What can I do to um, just be a great guy where I'm now a good option for her? Hmm. And instead of focusing on just jumping, what will get her interested in sex? My fo the focus then changed to like, what can I do that would be pleasurable for her right now? So sometimes yeah. it may not like if, if we're sitting around watching TV and I say, hey, let's go have sex now. In her in my mind, that's like step one to step two. It's like, I can get there really easily. And it's like, sounds like a great thing to do. But now I realize for her, and I think for a majority of people who experience responsive desire, a lot of the time, sex is like step five or six, we need it like from where we are. So the next question, instead of saying, let's go ahead, how about sex right now, it's going to be more like, what would sound pleasurable to you now? Do you want, would you like a foot rub? Do you want, um, do you want, do you want to go talk? Do you want to have a shower together or whatever? and finding the things that are pleasurable then, and it doesn't have to always lead to sex. And I don't, and I gotta be careful that I don't always have an agenda behind everything I do, because that's a huge turnoff too. But like focusing on what would be the next pleasurable thing and kind of think of it as rungs on the ladder, knowing that we might stop at any time. But uh, that understanding helped me relate better in my marriage. And I wish someone had helped explain that to me a lot sooner. Absolutely. Honey, I'd love to hear, you know, what your feedback is on that. I think that was very well said, Dan. Absolutely. I think you and I started with, um, because we had so many kids and we had such a chaotic schedule and I didn't sleep because he works and I'm home with the kids. And when the ones that don't sleep, don't sleep, mom stays up because dad has to drive the next day. So um, I was always tired and never it took a lot to get me to desire anything at that point in life besides sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so we had to come up with, we jokingly say 10 minutes. It's like, uh -huh. you know, once we get the kids to sleep, we've got 10 minutes, whatever we can get done in 10 minutes. That's, that's what we get. And um, it started out as a joke 
because that's really what it was. It was like the mechanics. There was nothing really emotional behind it. It was just making sure that we had some kind of connection and that we knew, you know, okay, we can, we can go on the next couple of days and we're human for a day or two, and then we can come back to it. But, um, after a while, 10 minutes became like my trigger to know, okay, now I know he's expecting something. So I need to get myself set up for what we're going to do and what mindset I need to be in. So I would focus more during the day on things about him, or he would send me text messages to kind of remind me, you know, just, uh, and I love you or things like that, just to kind of keep putting that thought in my head that we are going to connect later. Um, we tried doing the sex scheduling and that does not work in our family dynamic. Uh -uh. It, it's the calendar thing. It's great to say, yeah, we want to have sex three, four or five times a week, but reality is eight times, good. nine times is better. Yeah, true. <laughs> Just but kidding. When you're, when you're, oh no, we, we agree with you wholeheartedly, but having, you know, the dynamics that we have and not knowing what autism is going to be today or what his work is going to be today. I mean, he gets up at O dark 30 and he comes home at seven, eight o'clock at night and then he's done. So, you know, he gets his hour or two with me and the kids and he's got to sleep for five hours before he can drive again. So we had to really work on, um, figuring out how to make that time and make it a priority. Um, one of the things that we had to do, we used to have date night once a week, we still do, but it's not as um, often as we want to just because of COVID and all the other stuff that's been going on. But then we came up with a routine for me and him that worked was if we could get a weekend away, now that the kids are older, once a month, we take two nights and we go somewhere, whether it's an hour away, out of city, out of state, whatever, we would plan. And for the whole week up to that, it was games and teasing and just constantly getting prepared for that weekend. And we were still having sex during the week and we were still having our time together, but it was just something about planning and knowing we're going to take these two days to just completely shut everything else down. And we're just going to focus on our intimacy and that's it. I could very easily be okay with if we had to make, we call it a rain check. If we planned or we're trying to um, have intimacy with each other that night and it just doesn't work out. It's like, you know what? I need a rain check. We need to just so the other person doesn't get their feelings hurt. Cause like you said, we could joke and I could tease him during the day and I didn't think about it. I would turn over and go to sleep uh -huh. <laughs> and he's raring to go and mad and frustrated because we were just talking about this and now this isn't happening. I didn't consider that uh -huh. until we finally had to have a really hard conversation about it because uh -huh. we tease all the time that that doesn't go well. So then we came up with rain check. It's like, I know we've been talking about this. We've been teasing about this, but this is just not going to work for tonight. Can we rain check it and, you know, make plans for tomorrow. And that helped to eliminate some of the frustration and the argument. But I think for us, it's been more kind of knowing and giving ourselves a heads up because like I said, having all the kids in our situation, trying to be spontaneous is difficult trying to say, Hey, we talked about trying this and we've got teenagers outside the door, banging on the door, needing attention. So it just doesn't work. But if we could purposely plan time and say, okay, we're going away or we're going to go give the kids to grandma or whatever. So we could have that, that time for the days working up to it. It just seemed like our conversations, um, 
are my feeling of myself starting to, to get into the mode of, I feel sexy. I feel desired. I feel wanted. I know this is happening completely different response. Um, than if we're just like, Hey, she got out of the shower and he's raring to go. Cause that he's the same. He's exactly the same. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing, but it's not always convenient. So I think, um, you're right. in the fact that if you can kind of plant those things, sometimes it is a foot massage. Sometimes it's, it's working up to the moment that evening. And for us, sometimes it's just working up to knowing we have that time coming and I'm going to have 48 hours of just you and me. And what can we accomplish in 48 hours? A whole lot. But I think that's, that's kind of what we had to come up with too, was just how to like phrases to let the other one know without the kids being involved because, you know, they're teenagers, they're not stupid. They know what we're doing, uh-huh. but being able to come up with, with little phrases or text messages or something. Um, we have an icon that we send each other jokingly. So that the other one knows this is where my mindset is, you know, and if they send it back, then we're on the same page. If not, then, you know, okay, well, we'll see what happens when we get home, but it's just putting each other in the, the thought process of, my spouse desires me and wants time with me and wants to connect. And now I need to take the time to shift my mindset to accomplish the same thing. If I'm not already there, I think that's, that's pretty much what it was for us. Yeah. And I, I, I've just got to say that I think you articulated it quite wonderfully um, in how, you know, how you put it with, you know, she gets out of the shower and it's like, Oh, sex is a great thing. I hear you communicating to me and she's not even <laughs> communicating that message. But the responsive part, even in all the sex episodes we've done, I haven't heard it explained the way that you did. So thank you for that because it, I don't know, it just, I'm oblivious to a lot of things. Okay? He misses hints a lot. I miss, <laughs> I miss stuff. Okay. I just do. You can't hint. Um, you just have to tell him. I'm, this I'm, is the playbook. <laughs> but with, with what you're talking about with, responsive into desire is that that's the way you phrased it right uh-huh it, you have kind of it's a spectrum but you have more spontaneous on one end and responsive on the other yes and uh-huh. that is that responsive piece it just it helps me immensely to understand it to a greater degree now um the way that you articulated it so that that was fantastic and thank you for doing that <laughs> thanks so um Let's uh, let's talk real quickly um, about you. You kind of gave us the rundown as far as your show goes, but what do you like when it comes to your podcast, uh, which is Get Your Marriage On? And I uh, invite all of our audience to jump in and check it out. Um, what are those shows typically centered around? Uh, they're typically centered around improving intimacy in marriage. A lot of sex talk. Um, uh, but within that, you can't talk about sex without talking about the relationship as a whole and how to That's improve right. just your all, all levels of intimacy. So um, it, it, it's there's a lot of conversations. For instance, we had an episode uh, that went live Wednesday. We interviewed a boudoir photographer. She She's a photographer, f- photographs um, uh, newlyweds all the way up to people have been married for you know, 50, 60-year-olds. And uh, just all the lessons she's learned just by being a photographer, what it means to accept her body. Because uh, what one thing I loved about and what she taught me is for 
for a lot of her clients being, you know, standing nearly naked in the camera is, is a really big deal, but it's a form of therapy. It's, they're doing it for themselves to say, I am beautiful. I'm grateful for the body that I have. I'm comfortable in my own skin. And that's a huge triumph for them. It's not about trying to be sexy and like giving it to their husbands or whatever. I'm sure that's, that might, that happens too, but it's really about learning to like, you know, this is a part of my body that I'm really not comfortable with. I really don't like, I don't like to show it. She said, Oh, really? How come? And they have those conversations and then she, you know, she'll do a lot of photographs. And in the end, the person tends to, you know, they, they pick which ones they want printed into their album to take home. And oftentimes clients will pick the ones that they were uncomfortable with in the beginning, but oh, now wow. that they've seen it and they're like, you know what, this is me. And I'm so happy to be me. This is me mm. right now. And so oftentimes there's a lot of, you know, tears or like, oh my goodness, I, I never knew I was that beautiful or whatever it might be. Just that self-acceptance that goes through. So that's a great topic we have topics like that once in a while. We have some more, uh, I guess, uh, cheeky topics like uh, how to uh, do a lap dance. <laughs> that was a fun conversation we had with another couple that taught us how to do a lap dance. We've had um, really some more uh, getting deep into marriage theory type, like, I don't know, I kind of like the more brainy topics personally. So I tend to gravitate towards that and guests that are kind of more, you know, cerebral and the way they talk. So we've had a few that are very like go deep into like um, why why is it that um, nice guys tend to have bad sex lives because it's a a lot of nice guys and I put in that in air quotes tend to really have bad sex lives and um, they try to be really nice they try to be like do so much for their spouses and uh, thinking if I do the dishes for them, I do the laundry and I help the kids with the homework and put them to bed and draw a bath for my wife. She's going to be so turned on by all this. We'll call it chore play. All these chores that I've <laughs> done that she'll stuff, be like, bro. just so ready to go. And then, you know, she comes out of the bath, you know, kisses her husband on cheeks. Says, oh, what a wonderful relax night, relax evening. Thank you. And she goes to sleep and he's frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because he had in his head had this implicit, never spoken agreement. It's, Silent expectations. He calls, yes, he calls it a covert contract that yeah. we, if I do X, Y, Z, she's going to have sex with me. And so he keeps trying to do things to please her. And I, I know it sounds kind of bad or extreme, but it's like people like buy sex, like in prostitution, we kind of do that in our marriages too, to an extent, like, what a good I'm going to buy your, you're you know, bartering. I'll do this. Yes, and you'll do you're that. bartering. Right. And so all of a sudden, it, and oftentimes it's coming out of a place of fear or weakness because he's like, I feel great when she desires me. Cause I don't feel great on my own. I really depend on my wife desiring me back. So he kind of sets up the marriage or they both do. It's not just him where it, the meaning of sex no longer is about just connection and pleasure and being together and like sharing this loving, wholehearted experience together. And it becomes more about like managing egos. It's because, a reward for good behavior. What or it a reward, like. right. So the <laughs> meaning shifts. Mm -hmm. So yes, they're having sex, but it, always, it doesn't feel as fulfilling. It's always kind of empty or 
she may not really, he, he'll complain, oh, it just feels like duty sex to me. And she'll feel like all you think about is sex or <laughs> that's, you're so hedonistic. And I'm sorry to use stereotypes here. It doesn't have to be men who are the higher desire. There's, it can just be the other way around, but um, sure. where the wife has a higher desire, that's very common as well. But um, uh, it's the meaning frames that you set up your marriage to be and what meanings you're giving to your sexual activity or your motives. If we, sometimes we need to stop and like think about those. Oftentimes it started because we were young, we're married and we just didn't know the best way to go. So you kind of start building a marriage on, on these uh, assumptions. You kind of grow in that way. And 20 years later, you're like having a lot of sexual difficulty because for 20 years, you've made sex to mean something else than what it could be. It, you kind of gave word. it a lesser meaning. So we talk about those topics too on the podcast. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, it's it's very interesting. Just just going back to what you just said, it's like uh, sex means this because in in like for us, it's we did what we saw, and what we saw, like the way that Jeannie grew up, was it's like oh you're not going to enjoy it, just do it's it. It's a for service. The, do it as yeah. a service for these reasons. And mm -hmm. I come from a broken home. My parents were divorced early on, and my dad had a couple other marriages, so really you know, I had my own difficulties, uh, with sex. And then you get, like you say, you get umpteen years down the road and it's like, what are we really, what are we really doing here and how can we make it better? And, you know, that's, that's one of the, the values that your podcast and your, and your, um, your take on marriage really gives the listener is it's, it's a, it's a definitely a wide variety but it does help you familiarize yourself, A, to know that you're not in this alone, and B, there are things you can do on purpose that will really build your sex life. But in addition to that, it'll build your intimacy because that's really, that's really the key, uh, in my opinion, of what deepening your relationship is, is creating a deeper level of intimacy, whether it's through sex or conversation or action on behalf of your spouse yeah 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 i think we had a lot of um we didn't have this available when we got married you know we had he came out of the church of god which is very very strict rules as far as women are concerned obviously i have colored hair i have tattoos all over so i do not fit this bill at all but we almost didn't get married because i was wearing pants that's how deep this went for us so when it came to talking about sex I was like how do I approach this conversation when I know what his background belief system is and it worried me and then we you know we we did fine in the beginning but it was the same for him it's like how do I tell her that I'm interested in something when this goes against every grain of what we were taught you know this is dirty we don't do those things with with people and it's like you know or if you do this you'll be labeled x y and z and he and I had to kind of struggle through the beginning of it. We were just kind of going to the mechanics. Like, you you know, my kids come in and they're doing their sex ed class and it's basic mechanics. And when I listened to my 16 year old son come in and 
you know, he's typical 16 year old kid. And he'll say, Oh, I know how this works. It's like, buddy, you don't know anything. Trust me. Let me just tell Uh you what you're learning right now is block a goes to block B and that's it. You got a lot to learn, but for us, it took us getting into coaching and, you know, we had to have a lot of really hard conversations first to get over um, resentment and some other things that we had that were blocking us from being intimate and from actually um, being able to connect because we, we were in the, the thick of it at the time. And once we got to that place and we were able to give each other permission to say, okay, you know what, we're not going to think like our parents. We're not going to think like the church taught us. We're not going to think what we were taught. We're going to think freely and we're going to discuss this and we're going to ask each other, you know, if this weirds you out, cool. Just tell me it weirds you out Yep. and you know, we'll skip it. That's fine. But at the same time, it was being allowed to say, is this like, is this creepy to you? Cause if it's creepy, I just need to know, because to me, it, it kind of intrigues me, but I'm not really sure I'm on the fence. You know, it was just finding that freedom, but we didn't have back when we started, we didn't have book. I mean, the books that we had in the premarital classes that we had, it was like, give her a massage, give her a hot bath, help with the kids. Chore play. And tell her you want sex. Bingo. <laughs> and it was all about on my side, I was always taught just give him what he wants so he doesn't go anywhere else to find it. I know. It was like, That's... Why? Uh... If, if he doesn't want it from me, then he doesn't need to be with me in the first place. But once we got past looking at that, and you know, the first time we bought a book about sex, it was like, eh, okay, are we allowed to read this? Is this okay? Right. You know, uh-huh. because this wasn't, this isn't church conversation, you know? But I think a lot of people, when they think about sex and marriage, it's meant to be mundane and missionary and, and just a duty, a purpose, a service. And once you get past all that and you realize he and I joke and laugh and a lot of it comes out when we're naked. It's the truth. You have these odd conversations and you're like, oh my God, where did that thought even come from? But it's a conversation we never would have had, had we not been completely exposed and free with each other in the moment. Uh-huh. And I think we've learned just listening to, you know, Tony and Alyssa going to their um, marriage conference and reading some of the books and listening to other Kim Amani. Yeah. Kim Amani <laughs> is an interesting one. You have to listen to that one. Very don't have your kids in the room, nowhere near you. Cause there's a <laughs> lot of language in that one that will freak people out. But, uh-huh. um, but she's very descriptive on types of touch and types of ways of arousing each other. And it's very informative but um, it took us actually being able to say, okay, you know what, this is between you and me and nobody else. So this doesn't matter what other people think or what we were taught or what, you know, other people might look at and think this is taboo. Well, okay, maybe it is to you, but to him and I, it works. It, it's playful. It's helpful. It brings us to a different connection. I wish we would have had this stuff you know, 22 years ago, it would have been great to start out this way. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, and that's, you know, in the era of wide open podcast, I, I just, I, I'll say this again. I believe that's the value that, that you, your relationship experience and your podcast um, bring to marriages around the world. So you have my respect and appreciation for that. And also my appreciation for, um, you know, reaching out and, and coming on the show. Um, and, be, you know, before we go, as we wrap it up, um, I want you to talk to us uh, and, and our audience about your app. 
Um, yes, this is another whole yeah. important part of about us. So my background's in computer science. I run a software development company. We I build could have apps guessed that, dude. You're so clients. much smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I just, I just love create. It's just a creative. Uh, it's such a creative field. Anyway, we're like, we need to make an app. So we built an app full of bedroom games, full of like conversation starters. There's a part we call the sexploration list where uh, he gets on and answers yes, no, maybe to a whole bunch of questions. She does the same thing, yes, no, maybe. And then you hit a button and it'll tell you where you both line up or don't line up on all sorts of things, like hundreds of questions wow. about relating to your marriage and sex. There's, um, uh, we call it conquests because uh, it gives you a map of the world. It's private and secure, but you can drop a pin on all the places around the world you've done it or where you want to do it. There's an intimacy <laughs> calendar. It's also private where you can like mark like, you know, all the times you've had sex, but it's not just li limited to that. You can, when we had dates or just all the other fun memories you want to keep with each other, you can create your own sexy bucket list together. Um, anyway, but the bedroom games are my favorite you take turns, uh, you have a little piece that goes around the board, like a board game, uh, you roll a dice, it lands on a piece, and then you take, it gives you a prompt. And if you don't like it, no big deal, you can skip it and get another one. But um, it can get pretty hot and spicy. So, you know, I, uh, like I was telling you before the show started, I signed up yesterday and became a lifetime member. Um, I, I, the, the very, short experience I had with it said, this is like extremely valuable for a marriage. Um, the app is called intimately, intimately us. us. And if you, if you haven't paused the show already and gone to the app store to find it, what are you waiting on? Get yourself over there and get it. You know, I, I so I went in and one of the things that came up is it, it, it I felt proud for myself because it, it makes that suggestion of something for you to do that day. Yes. And I had done that particular suggestion that day. And I was like, I'm going to do some freaking right here. I like this. I like this. <laughs> so today's, today's thing is something I've done before, but I'm going to do it again. I love, I love the prompts because it is, it's spontaneous. But what I believe is it will help you. It'll help you reshape your mind into creating these habits to make your spouse feel special and like they matter. And it, it'll help, it'll help you um, in creating some of that responsiveness that you're looking for. If your partner is that responsive type individual, when it comes uh, to sex, not that you need to have an agenda, but I think it'll help you build yourself and create better habits in your marriage. So I, I look forward to using uh, the app and giving you some feedback. It, it has a lot of value for folks in their intimacy, their marriage. And, uh, um, I had Jeannie sign in and, and so we'll give you some feedback on that. You are, awesome. you need to point out to our guys too, because we recently had the episode where we were talking about his needs and her needs and, you know, having that conversation of what you want out of sex, what she wants out of sex, dude, go in the app, answer the questions, have her answer the questions. You just eliminated that whole stress of, oh my God, we're going to have this conversation. If you answer the questions, so does she, and it matches it up for you, 
now you have a road to lead to that conversation is a little bit easier. Yes. A little bit easier. Still have the conversations. It's not a substitute for not having a conversation. No, it just makes it a little easier. I think it kind of gives you a jumping off point because so many times it's like, how do I broach this topic? Just random out of nowhere. But if you have this as a a stepping stone, it might not freak you out so bad. Totally, totally agree. And man versus marriage nation, you can use the app. um, And remember, you still have the freedom to say it ugly and clean it up. So that will, this will just help you um, in getting those particular um, sexual desires kind of matched up. And then it will help you break the ice and be able to be a bit more vulnerable, honest, and open uh, within your relationship. I love it. Great. Hey man, you know, um, I really appreciate you coming on Dan and, and taking the time uh, to, to expose what you do to our audience. And, uh, this being the maiden voyage on interviews in the show, I'm glad we did it. Well done to you, my man. Well, you're a fantastic host. You should do more of these. You know, I like you. I'm going to have you on this show very, more often. <laughs> I'll be happy to come back. <laughs> That's great. I, you know, I have a, a couple things that we'll talk about in the future. I'm glad you said that we would definitely, definitely love to have you back. And, uh, I believe that you, um, you're a great value for marriage in general. Um, and I'm very, I mean what I say and say what I mean. So thank you very much. Uh, we greatly appreciate you. And, um, I want to make sure that you reiterate and tell everybody where they can find you. How do they get at you? The best place is getyourmarriageon.com as links to our apps and links to all the other things we do. I also do a men's course, kind of like a coaching program for men. And you can find the information there too. And we're on Instagram at get your marriage on. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Well, it was a great run, my man. Way to get it done. <laughs> You're a seasoned it. professional. Thanks for coming on uh, man versus marriage. And uh, I look forward to uh, getting some feedback from our audience and, and looking at what they, what, um, they experience through uh, the value you bring for marriage. So thank you very much, Dan Purcell. Thank you. Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You got to live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.